Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hello again, my friends. Um, This week I have a lot of things to say that may seem random, they may seem overly spiritual, but if you follow along, I think that you'll see the connections and see what I'm attempting to share from my heart. I'm in the clubhouse, my boys and my husband and I built this summer uh, a a project that was a bit daunting for us uh, to kind of think of and to embark on. We're not very handy, my husband and I, and yet we wanted to do this with them anyway, and it was really fun. And Anyway, so they're not playing in it right now, and so I'm using it, and it's actually really comfortable right now, so I'm really grateful for this. Um, I hope you are finding yourself enjoying kind of the changing of the seasons as spring approaches. I didn't used to notice the subtle differences in Southern California, but ever since I moved away and then came back, and I spend more time in nature now, I've become ever more fond of the beauty that surrounds me in even those close to home bits of nature that I encounter and the changes that are, are necessary kind of for the health of the whole of our environment, our planet, and frankly for each of us as well. The human experience itself is so very seasonal as well, isn't it? We struggle and then we grow and we can feel a plateau a place of comfort. It feels like we're dying away and we're stretched again and we find struggle and sometimes even suffering before we grow again. I read the works of and listen to the words of several people that talk about resisting. When we resist the struggle and the circumstances, we often end up suffering. When we're stuck resisting reality, making unhelpful meaning for ourselves, then we suffer. That doesn't mean that all suffering is our fault or that we're bad to resist the change. It just, to me, paints a more perceivable picture of the cycles of our lives. How many times in my own experience have I resisted reality, resisted change, resisted anything that was uncertain, new or challenging to me in an uncomfortable way? How many times Have I learned after so much struggle and finally letting go how much freer I feel when I actually do surrender? Whenever my perception of something changes, there has to be a surrender of what I once believed to be true. I've found myself changing so much over the past many years and I used to laugh and say that the current Holly wouldn't like the past Holly if only she met her today, but the more that I think about this, the more that I think of it in a totally different way. It is quite true that the beliefs and struggles and life I used to have would have made the old me meeting kind of this new me today feel, I don't know, it would be very interesting indeed. The old me would have been intimidated maybe by the new me. She would not have liked the new me by this definition. However, the new me absolutely loves the old me. I thank her. I'm grateful for believing different because the process of feeling my beliefs challenged and then and then being changed 
has humbled me in so many ways where I have needed humbling. It's because of the old me continuing on and doing her best, even when it was hard, that I made it to the life I have today. The new me would encourage the old me, would listen to the old me and show acceptance and understanding of her. But I would also know that how she feels about the new me doesn't reflect my value. When I thought of this interesting scenario, maybe for too long, I felt profoundly grateful for the mistakes I've made and for the fears I have had to overcome and those I'm still working on facing, frankly. I became so grateful that I had the volume of challenges that I did have. And in the past, I've been rather disappointed that I feel like in some ways my challenges emotionally have been more than maybe the average person. And yet this volume of challenges, having to overcome them has given me so much practice that there are things that I feel an understanding in that I never would have had before. And maybe even beyond that understanding or any understanding, I have a respect for and honor for the understanding that I lack. I'm so very human after all. And I want to be human. I don't want to control it all, even though I think I do sometimes. I'm, I'm definitely still learning. And you hear me say this a lot. So take with a grain of salt what I say, because it's just a glimpse into my lens right now. And I have a prescription that keeps changing. Because of the nature of life, what I say is not an absolute truth. I share what I'm learning and what I'm learning is always changing. I'm constantly searching for meaning and that thirsty searching can be good sometimes and yet very difficult at others. As we've gone through this pandemic, many of the things I have thought about God and about people and about life had been tested and tested and tested again. Relationships have been stripped down to the most vulnerable place and for that I am very grateful now and yet it took a lot of pushing through fear and realizing what I was thinking and, and resisting feeling in order to even become aware of its value. More recently, I was reading some of Richard Rohr's teachings. He talks a lot about the love of God, but he talks about it from what he calls a non-dualistic perspective. What he means by this, as I understand it at such an elementary level, is that things aren't black and white, that it's not us against them and that religion often gets that all jumbled up and ends up spreading shame instead of the love which is intended. Whenever we have unhealed pain that we are both resisting feeling um, and or acknowledging and that we're unwilling or unable to work through, we inevitably spread or perpetuate pain to others in the world and in our lives. But even when we're trying our hardest there are always still wounds to heal and thus we are always doing things imperfectly, spreading pain, being humbled, or running from the shame we feel of this sometimes unbearable truth. A lot of what he says, Richard Rohr, meets me very much where I'm at in my spiritual journey. I've wrestled for years and it's been a very vulnerable place to accept myself to be in. And yet being in this place of wrestling is now something I'm okay not resisting because it has provided we, me with more peace than I ever had before. I feel so much less lonely. I know that I'm not alone to wrestle in my thoughts about God and religion 
and spirituality, and yet I'm not here to tell you what the truth is or that I found it or to preach, only that in this wrestling, I've been learning to surrender. And by that, I mean, I'm learning to just accept that I don't know it all and that I will never know it all and that my journey will continue to change and to challenge me. I'm allowing myself to ask questions that are outside of the acceptable box I had formed for my religious beliefs formerly, based on other people's opinions, and I'm willing to be vulnerable, frankly, with myself and my perception of God so that I can let go of the box altogether. The more experiences I have that are both unique and connected with the universal experiences, the more I see the beauty in the diversity of all of our experiences, and the more I see that I am on my own path to learn what I learn on a unique timeline in a unique way that is not black and white. I've been working on meditating and on digging into what it is in terms of spirituality, and I have learned about some concepts similar to meditation but related to God called centering prayer and contemplative prayer. In learning of these practices alongside my meditation journey, I am learning to, as I keep saying, let go of the fact that I don't control everything. And I don't mind repeating that because it is, I feel like, the epitome of our journey. And to stop trying and to very tangibly do this in moments of silence where I just am. If you know me, (laughs) you know that talking is something I do a lot of. But I'm learning just how peace-giving it is for me to just take moments of silence where I don't resist any of the thoughts that come into my head or act on them, where I notice them and don't make the thoughts mean anything good or bad about me or anybody else in the world or what I should be doing, where the thoughts and their accompanying emotions can then move through me because they're not being resisted or clung to or reacted to. I sometimes get taken down rabbit holes of thoughts in the process. And then when I notice, I just breathe again and my heart smiles. I have a mini celebration that I realize that I had the ability to notice the thoughts. And then I resettle into this calm and peaceful place within myself. It can sound so woo-woo, I'm sure, to some of you. And yet for others of you, you might feel a desire for something like this in your bones. I've been finding myself drawn more to awareness of when my talking also is because my mind is too cluttered and or when my emotions and thoughts feel too overwhelming. I'm noticing these impulses to then just talk and fill the space with my words and I'm finding space to choose instead to feel the discomfort and notice the internal clutter. To let the feelings be there and let my fear get checked and I I inevitably end up feeling a little more clear. It's so often that I find myself spinning my wheels constantly, checking things off of a list and reacting to life, taken along on a journey passively rather than with intention. I try and I try and yet I will never be perfect, but when I'm just sitting without anything to do except not doing, it's as though the train is passing me by and I'm waving with a smile in my heart. I can see and hear what usually takes me along for the ride, and I'm just able to observe. I continue to strengthen my ability to see things from a very unique perspective, the perspective of the observer, the curious observer, 
And one thing that I found in all of this is that the more that I do this, the more I can see the variety of choices of perspectives. When I'm in this place, I don't feel my worth attached to my doing anything or my being anyone specific or being good enough. But I can feel the pull of thoughts tempting me to attach myself to any of them. I see how life continues on, moments move by, and the narrator that usually tells my life story becomes detached from who I am. It's then that I can choose to just simply, peacefully smile at the story that she tells. This again might sound far out there, but with the world the way it is right now, this quiet space that is always there has come for me to represent the presence of a love that is completely unconditional. A sacred love that makes my heart beat, a love that makes plants grow, a love that is always there and doesn't love more or less no matter what I'm doing, more or less. I feel free, I feel peaceful, and I feel enough. As I dug into meditation more and centering prayer, I read a book about how to create groups where centering prayer can be the uniting purpose for the group and where people can come together to share in this beautiful experience. Though the entire book was incredibly useful just for me and my own understanding of centering prayer, I'm not intending to start a a group at this time, but just for the understanding, the key takeaway that I had from the book hit me so powerfully that I have thought about it so many times since then. This book talked about how the verbal communication and sharing among the people in the group during these meetings should be at least attempted to be kept in the form of one's experience. Meaning, when sharing in the group, people are to attempt to share what they are thinking and feeling from a place of experiences. When we step away from our opinions and generic or blanket statements of knowledge that we see as truth, and remain in the more vulnerable place of our story and how things are for us, what we are learning, then we remain humble, we remain open, and we remain curious and able to learn from those around us. Also, when we remain in this place, we are able to be received by others as we are without attachment to opinion as part of our identity and simply as another human having a human experience. In this way, we are reading the story of each other's lives and crawling into each other's shoes. This has been so profound for me because right now, more than ever, we are all struggling to listen. We hear, but we don't listen. And knowing how to respond to others who handle things differently, like a pandemic in such a vastly different way from our own, is a challenge that none of us has faced before, among many other differences and the challenges they present. When we can step into another person's shoes because our guard is down and their hearts are open, then we're able to learn from the experience of others in a much more applicable way, in a way that keeps us humble and actually proves to make a world, this world that we're trying to make a better place, actually a better place because we can learn from each other and stop forgetting the person behind the words and the actions. Believe me, when I say this, I am speaking wholeheartedly as myself. This is a huge struggle for me as well. How many times in my life can I look back and see how at one time or another, I was my current self's potential foe. Me five years ago would have adamantly disagreed with so many of the things 
I say today with such conviction, just as I said before, but how many times have I read a thoughtful Facebook post that I wrote vulnerably and read it years later, or maybe a journal entry and felt deep connection and compassion for myself and where I was at and what I was experiencing at that time, like new to motherhood or any of those very vulnerable experiences. Likewise, I have read novels where you are just fully immersed into the life of the main character, so much so that you're not grappling with their decisions with judgment, but rather knee deep in empathy and your own emotions come into play as though you're the character. I've connected in random ways with total strangers and heard stories of their lives that made me feel a connecting pull to our shared human experience that was hard to come away from with anything other than a, I don't know, like a deep admiration or appreciation for them being on this planet. We're not robots, we are human. And yet it's so easy to make things black and white and categorical, accepting and rejecting, basing, basing this on our checklist of values. So then what if, instead of always focusing on what it is I can say to change someone else's mind, I simply shared my journey, or even better, listened to theirs, or my bumps and my bruises without it producing a pedestal and a sermon. I say all of this with the potential hypocrisy that it unfolds because, hello, this is a podcast where I share my thoughts and opinions so often, but more than anything else I've come across in my life, I continue to come back to the fact that I don't believe I'm right or that I have the final say on any topic even when I think I do, <laughs> as, as counter, um, I can't think of the word right now, that, that that actually is, but rather I'm a totally human person having a totally human experience. Contradictory, that's the word I was looking for. With all the stumbling, with all the failure and such, this experience entails so much challenge for us. And I only hope to share with you what I have gone through, what I am learning And maybe in my experience, you can see my heart. And maybe sometimes you can even find grace for yourself that you need in the moments that you need them in knowing that if I'm failing constantly, then your failure is not only not the biggest of deals, but that it's expected. We do get to choose how we proceed and we do get to choose what we make things mean, but not until we know we can choose and not until we start to heal. And we can't heal until we start to let go. And sometimes that doesn't happen until we form a connection with another human being and then hear their failures and struggles and get to feel it with them. We can see things in a new way and we can see what we didn't see there all along. In this season, I'm working on really listening to those around me. I'm working on seeing others as humans with a road to forge on unforeseen future. I'm hoping to try to see truth in others' experiences and not try to change minds, but instead try to love hearts and share mine. I want my interactions with people to be about connecting with those people. I want to honor the value of each person in a way, in the way that I approach them and to respect that our experiences may be vastly different. And the lessons we each are learning are not for me to judge. If I am to play a role in helping others, it will be through love and trying to be real about my experiences and stories so that they have a place to wrestle and dissect their own thoughts and beliefs. Or again, it will be through truly listening. 
It's in this being listened to and the honest reflection that only happens when we feel safe to unfold and wrestle where I believe change can actually take place in anyone's heart, my own heart most of all. It is possible that this might feel like I mean to allow injustice by not speaking out or by silencing myself and my power to promote change instead of being a voice of truth in these current times. That is not what I'm saying. We can indeed speak truth and love, but we can also understand that where people change their minds and hearts is not when they feel shame. When we're feeling judged and shamed, and unworthy, we only dig our heels in and lock ourselves into a defensive stance. Shame begets pain. Grace begets grace and love and a revolutionary mindset ripple effect. I hope this has helped. I hope you have an incredible week, my friends. And I hope this message meets you really where you are right now and helps you to feel connected on your journey today. Until next time, this is Holly Ann Casper the radical imperfectionist. Oh, and P.S., although I'm not affiliated with anyone, I just want to share a couple of books that I've read that have really helped regarding the things I've talked about today. The first is about meditation and can frankly help anybody meditate easily. And it's amazing. It's called Bliss More by Light Watkins. That's Watkins. The second is the audio by Richard Rohr called The Art of Letting Go. It's an incredible listen. I highly, highly recommend it. And lastly is You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. And I listened to that at the beginning of the pandemic and have continued to find myself in moments of thinking from, thinking about the topics that she discusses. And she it's just such a well-written book. So anyway, I hope all of that helps you. I hope you have an amazing week and we will talk soon. This is Holly Ann Casper, the radical imperfectionist again. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.